All right. Radio silence is over starting now. Uh, First Hand Podcast is back. As always, I'm Nick Gieselin. I'm Paul Oshinsky. Today with us to talk about interesting things is our good friend, Mr. Eric Sewell. Eric, would you like to introduce yourself? Whatever accolades you may want to include. Sure. Uh, my name is Eric Sewell, um, and I'm a digital marketing double major, um, and I thought this was pretty um, pretty pertinent to our conversation about social media this evening. Yes, so we'll, we will be talking about social media. Uh, we'll see where the conversation goes. A lot of that depends on what our guest likes to talk about. I'm assuming a, uh, a good deal of that has to do with the business side of it, which is something that a lot of people don't think about. People just kind of they just click on that little app on their phone and then they spend too much time there. So uh, we can start it off, I guess, by a question. Should we start off with a question or should we kind of do a rundown of uh, like a general, I guess, concerns for society? That's what I like to think about when I think of social media. Sure. It's like concerns for the betterment of society and everything. So Go ahead, Nick. Okay. So I guess the only, the big thing is, you know, Social media is very, and you hear this from people who are advocates or work for like Facebook or some organization like that, is obviously can be a absolute, an absolutely brilliant thing for society. It's a way for, for you, people to connect with each other, um, to reach out, to promote their businesses, to get the word out about some social cause. You can, the list can go on. I mean, and it's the same things, but the argument against that is people don't tend to use it for that. It usually kind of gives people a front, I guess, to do things that are uh, not as beneficial for themselves or for society, like uh, cyberbullying, stuff like that. Obviously, polarization has massively uh, increased since social media has become such a big thing. Maybe not because of that, but we certainly see it like manifest itself at least in, on social media. And I think part of that is because you don't have to look at someone in the in their face and tell them that, you know, or and try to understand them. You just see someone who posts something about uh, policy X, and you don't have to do anything. You just can characterize them as stupid and ignorant, and tell it to them on social media. Um, so. Anything? Yeah, I would uh, I would completely agree with you, Nick. And also, um, you know, hiding behind your computer screen these days is definitely a pretty common tactic. Um, you know, people aren't bold enough to state their ideas in public, but they are bold enough to post on social media or reprimand others for posting on social media. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with this concept of social perception um, and how they want to be portrayed on their social media. And usually it doesn't align with how they um, act in, in public and how they act around other people. And so there's like this mismatch between how they decide to display themselves and how they decide to act. And um, I've kind of seen that over the years through the development of different social platforms that the more social platforms you're able to develop and hone, the more polarizing your personality is from how you act with other meaning people. like if you have an Instagram Twitter every single social media platform then you're more likely to be one of those people who's kind of like goes off on Facebook or whatever yes yes I, I would I would say so um, and that's that's just from what I've seen being uh, millennial and watching these platforms grow and develop um, simply because people like to have these outlets to to vent and to kind of get their opinion out to the 
to their um, following and to their audience. But the more platforms they have, the more ways they have to display it. So you actually see a, a larger amount of people that decide to kind of dictate um, to their audience and dictate things that they wouldn't normally do so. Um, and I think, I mean, if we can list all the social media platforms just so you get a good scope. You have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Reddit. Is Reddit a social media? I feel like that's more of a forum, but it can definitely be like something that people get way too far into as far as, you know, polarization and, and sure. kind of getting into an echo chamber. Yeah, um, and I'm sure there's uh, many more that I'm not thinking off the top of my head, but um, this idea of you know misaligned self-perception, um, I feel like really plays into our society today as a lot of people just want um, to be viewed in this you know glorious light and in these you know picture perfect ways where you know it's edited and. Um, they want people to think they have a more glorified life than they actually do. And it's because everybody, I, I feel like that may be a drive behind everybody's social media presence is they want, um, to ha- have this glorified or famous, um, you know, history legacy in their social media and build a story, um, that reflects that. And as a social media student in my digital marketing classes, one thing I did learn was that. All social media is about building a story um, and usually have a hero behind that story, whether it's business or personal. And for personal accounts, it's you. You are the hero and you want to be displayed as the hero, Um, whether or not it's posting pictures with girls, with your buddies, out doing some adventurous thing. um, That's how you want people to see you. And for businesses, it's it's likewise in such a way that um, they want to be positively perceived by their audience. So they glorify their products and they glorify their services, um, even if it's not necessarily, you know, an adept description of how things really are. Yeah. And I don't think it's not even impacting just yourself. It's definitely impacting other people who use social media and who look on an app like Instagram and they see a bunch of pictures of someone and they look picture perfect. Or they're like showing some highlight reel of how they went to some cool country and then you're on your own phone looking at this and seeing all these people and all the cool things that they're doing. And then you start comparing yourself to other people, which I think is, it can be really demoralizing to people um, when you get into this like comparing mind, mind state. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I, and I know like, I, I try to think about this a lot because I really do think, you know, I guess I like if there were a term for it, like a techno optimist or something like that. Like I think technology can greatly improve the lives. I mean, it has greatly improved the lives of, of humans around the world and it will continue to be able or have the propensity to do, to do so. But it's happening so fast that it doesn't really matter what Mark Zuckerberg was thinking or uh, whoever created these social media platforms was thinking when they created it, however optimistic they were, however all of the benefits that they thought were going to come from these social media platforms as they were developing it. Because at at some point, you can't plan for every single thing that can happen as a result. And I think what's happening, what we're talking about now, the image thing, uh, I mean, you think about it now and it makes sense, but I'm sure they weren't thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to post pictures of you know, how you like wiped out on a bike on your way to school or something like that. You're going to post a picture, you know, after you, I don't know, like graduate or something like that. 
so it's pretty basic stuff. It makes sense. But I think like something you don't account for is you get too optimistic when you think about these things because you get excited about it. And really like it's just human nature to kind of take advantage of it and use it for your own, your own benefit. And it's also human nature to compare yourself to these images. Uh, so do you all have anything to say about that or do you want to move on to a different aspect of the... Sure. Um, like I like I was mentioning earlier, um, you know, everybody wants to be their own hero, and everybody wants to um, po- make these posts that are kind of glorifying themselves in some way. Um, when you know that may not truly be the case, but um, one thing I definitely have noticed as well is that these people that develop these you know social media platforms where they're always posting, they have a super high cadence, and they're usually um, you know like interacting with their followers all the time um, is that they're usually isolating themselves more from human to human interaction and decide to allow the internet exchanges to dictate their sense of social perception and their own um, and how they interact with people. And just for um, those who don't know, cadence is how often you post something on social media. Um, That's how it's specifically being applied to this. So uh, you can see some people that will... uh, will post a social media pic or uh, a tag or a link um, like semi-regularly or not at all. But um, my personal feeling is that those who post weekly or regularly um, get most of their sense of self-worth, self-worth through people who like their pictures and like their posts and comment um, that. And that's their primar- primary source of interaction um, is something that I've seen. And I will second that. As someone who has deleted Instagram for a couple of months now and doesn't really post on Facebook anymore, back when I was posting and I would post a picture of me or like some place I went and the likes would start flooding in, like literally I could feel little neurons of whatever dopamine going off in my mind every single time I got a like. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They get kind of addicted to that. Yeah, then there's a hangover. It's like, wow, I just felt happy because someone clicked a button. And then you got to post again, and then your <laughs> yeah. cadence goes up. Yeah, yeah so um, I guess, do you do you learn a lot in your digital marketing classes, Eric, about the what's behind sort of like Facebook's platform and how they try to get people to uh, you know continue to spend time on the site? Because obviously it's a free site. Um, you know, signing up is free. Interacting is, is free. But they want people to spend more time on the site. so That's how they make their money. Yeah, yeah so I actually I have learned a good bit about the different platforms. Um, and Facebook, very interestingly enough, is not a platform that's used to create content anymore. Um, it's more of like a sequencing of your personal profile that you decide to store information. And then you g- generally you share um, links or information, but you don't curate your own content. Um, that's where Instagram comes involved, and that's why they have such... Uh, advanced photo editing software and um, stuff like that. They try to bleed it over to Facebook um, if they can, but as many of y'all have seen, uh, nobody wants to, you know, create a new pic and create a great caption and, you know, jazz it up with uh, context and text and um, that sort of thing. And while it does happen, I feel like it's few and far between when you compare it to platforms such as um, Instagram or Twitter, um, Snapchat definitely, too. and Snapchat, and also it, it's also about the audience. So when 
we were growing up, we actually were, you know, kind of blessed to be in the phase where we didn't get the iPhone or the ability to interact on social media until we were in our middle school or late high school or early high school. And, um, and honestly, I, I feel blessed for that because I feel like there are, it's, it's easy these days for younger children to completely cut social interaction on a day-to-day basis out of their, out of their life because of their addiction to social media. And so, what do you think the, like, the implications of that are? Uh, I think we're going to have basically just a, a world or a nation where the interactions are more stagnant. They're less fluid. Human, human interactions. Yeah. yeah. So human interactions become less valued. And even more so, I feel like our ability to socialize face-to-face will completely fall off the map. Um, and I think that's what we'll, we'll see in the, net, in the coming years. Even now, there's a huge issue with children who can't tell the difference between a video game and like a FaceTime. Um, just because they've grown in a grown up in a world where they seem so similar and so familiar that it's possible that they could, that could be their reality, um, which is scary to think. Yeah, and what the sad and ironic part of all this is is that all of these social media apps were built in order to bring people closer together and kind of like ease communication. And it seems like it does help in some cases, whereas like, and a lot of times I think it can kind of destroy relationships and make it harder to connect with people. I feel like y'all are being very grim about this, which is understandable, but I feel like I need to be insert a note of optimism because <laughs> I do think there, obviously there are all of these bad consequences do occur, but I still do. I mean, you were talking about, and uh, we haven't talked in specific about this, Eric, but I'm sure you're on a similar page where like, I know Paul and I have talked about uh, like the effect that social media has on us. And the more we talk about it, the more we realize how it's how it's best to utilize social media. So, uh, Paul and I will go on Facebook, for instance, and we'll share an article that we wrote because I think that's a good thing that people can do on Facebook is you know sharing that the the work that they did, and you obviously like when you accomplish something. Uh, that you think is going to like, because you don't write an article for yourself. You write an article to share information that you think is valuable for other people. So, you know, this, I mean, maybe there's definitely a selfish aspect to it, but the intent there is a lot better. And I think the result is a lot better too, because you're not posting a picture of yourself with, uh, I don't know, like Jake Fromm at a bar or something <laughs> like that. You're posting something that's going to make someone's life better, hopefully. Um, but so that's my note of optimism. I think it's like a change. I, like, and I say this about a lot of things. I think the most important thing, uh, although, and I would like to get into how like these the platforms kind of like, almost like, ex- like play off of human emotion to get, keep you there, kind of. But I think a change in mindset from the individual standpoint about how it's best to use social media, understanding that sometimes. You know, it can make you go a little crazy or like the fact that you're spending X amount of time on Facebook uh, just doing nothing and accomplishing nothing is a little bit crazy. I think changing your mindset can be 90% of the work that you need to do to kind of like get the most out of it. So, Uh, Yeah, I agree with you, Nick. There's definitely some positive aspects to social media. Um, And like you said, raising, you know, awareness for different social and environmental impact programs is probably one of the key ways you see social media being used in such a positive way. Um, but I think, you know, 
pretty much the development of social media has had subliminal consequences that um, we couldn't have seen, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, the mm-hmm. leaders of um, the social social industry, you know, had no intent of, no malicious intent of developing it this, this way. I think it's just a consequence of um, our evolving culture and our evolving society. Um, and one, one thing I was going to say in, to the positive note of social media is that it does uh, make information spread incredibly quickly so people are more informed than they ever were um, or less informed if you think about some of the uh, some of the stuff that's been posted that is not true um, and that people buy into on social media but that being said um, in a day and age where the ability to understand information is is power um, social media has definitely been able to disseminate uh, constructive information um, that has informed millions of people. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think there are positives and negatives about social media. Um, and I think I would like to switch the subject a little bit to something you were talking about, how social media apps can basically hijack your psychological vulnerabilities. Um, so I was wondering if y'all could give like an example on one app of something that does it. I'll go first. So, <laughs> I wonder if y'all can give examples. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, on Facebook, there's um, every time you log in, there's that really blatant red notification button. So every time I like feel like I have to click on it, it's kind of like I think what um, one person called it. It's kind of like a slot machine. So every time you click on it, you can see, oh, what's gonna happen? Did someone <laughs> like my picture, or is it just like a stupid event notification that I'm not gonna go to? <laughs> So I think that is one aspect that Facebook could do a better job of um, in terms of basically making people less addicted to social media. Um, I think, okay, so I know a quick example is Snapchat where it, it's everything is so incredibly immediate on Snapchat. Um, and they don't send you notifications for random stuff like Facebook does. Uh, at this point, Facebook notifies me for things that I actually have. I really, it's at the point where I don't care about notifications anymore, honestly. Yeah. I'll just swipe them to the side because I, like an event that's happening in Atlanta that someone I knew in middle school is going to is not really piquing my interest anymore. But Snapchat, it's like, uh, like if someone types one letter like to you on Snapchat, like the chatting part portion of Snapchat, you get a notification that they're typing something. <laughs> Not that they have finished a message and sent it to you, but that they're typing. And then you kind of like, it gets in your brain and you're like waiting for, you know, you're like, if it's going to take them a minute to type it, you're going to be doing probably nothing else for that minute. Or that's their intent, I think. So that's one thing. And then also I know Facebook uh, really, I think, knows... <laughs> Facebook knows that people care a lot about profile pictures, so like delay. I've not actually know. I just heard this from. I'm sure we'll end up talking about Tristan <laughs> yeah. Harris, but like uh, apparently Facebook knows that people put a lot of stake in profile picture likes or uh, comments or whatever. So it'll delay notifying you over a period of time, or do something to where it'll get a like a number of likes over an extended period of time mm-hmm. so that you keep coming back because they know that's going to bring you back to the And same. it'll also leave it on people's um, 
what is it called a page feed oh, longer yeah. than other right. things yeah. like, it, like, like prioritizes it. Yeah. yeah and uh, one thing uh, I've some of my friends have been subject to recently is Facebook has started texting people um, you know texting people texting people it would send people text messages saying that it's somebody's birthday <laughs> and I have to say um, and it's actually really funny the one friend that was telling me about this interaction got a text that it was their birthday or something about that and they posted back um, and they did, what they didn't realize is that their text wasn't um, just a text to this person or a text to Facebook it was a post it ended up posting on their Facebook page so um, <laughs> like someone sent like you know happy birthday or like Facebook gave them this notification that uh, it was you know they had somebody had commented on their um, you know birthday picture and they said some pretty obscene things they got posted on Facebook um, thinking because they thought it was a just individual a t- text yes because they thought it was a text so this is kind of the level that you know Facebook has gone to really capture your uh, attention um, but I was going to comment on what Paul said earlier you know about a positive or negative experience we've had with social media um, so like any adolescent as a uh, as someone who was developing social media in my middle school and early high school years, um, I didn't really know what you know proper content looked like, and I would post selfies. I would post like my report card from high school, um, and I would just part digging tonight. Yeah, uh, luckily I've taken most of that down. <laughs> but that being said. Um, I don't know. Then I didn't understand, you know, what the big deal was. I was, I was just posting because I, I don't know. I had nothing better to do. Um, and you know, now that I've matured, I know like there's like a spectrum of, you know, kind of appropriate um, things, professional, professional things to post on your Instagram. But it's kind of messed up that it has to be that way, um, because, like, I mean, I guess nobody cares, you know, if I post a picture of my report card as a junior where um, I was complaining about my grades but at the same time like that should be our you know our our initiative uh, to do such things and I just think it's funny to see how um, I feel like most adolescents go through a phase where they're posting selfies or posting um, you know things that aren't aren't really considered professional you know mature posts um, and to see how far that goes, and now everyone's kind of aligned to this, you know, idea of these glorifying images of themselves and the way they decide to live. What are your thoughts on Finstagrams? So yes, <laughs> that seems I, like the opposite. I think we it. need to define this because honestly, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know what it was until like a few weeks ago. Okay, so, so I did not know what a Finstagram was either until I took my social media class. And so Instagram is a fake Instagram. <laughs> um, and they're actually really, really popular. Uh, I know um, plenty of people that have them. I have one. Yeah. I don't post anymore, but I have one. Yeah. And um, they're, not, <laughs> they're not nearly as malicious as they sound. Uh, they sound like you're trying to like cyberbully. catfish <laughs> and cyberbully and do all this sort of malicious stuff. But in reality, it's just another platform um, to focus on something you wouldn't normally focus on. For example, uh, I know plenty of people have a, a Finstagram for their, for their dog. And they develop this Finstagram and they develop their own followers and they follow other 
people's Finstagrams or Instagrams, and they develop a pretty massive following, and it's pretty commonplace. Um, another, you know, another common one is for um, art and like photography, uh, modeling. I mean, you can really, you know, tag Finstagrams as a genre um, when you look at each one and give it a classification that makes sense. So that's that is interesting. True. A lot of different types. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because I don't. I've never had an Instagram, which now I'm really grateful for because <laughs> I feel like that's really the most like time sucking. <laughs> it's like a black hole. I just see people on Instagram. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I don't. But anyway, but I think that's an interesting thing. Is it's like fake Instagram. You know, some people like your close friends who you probably wouldn't care about. Like you think you could post anything, they probably wouldn't care on social media. But really, like, and they'll know that you have this Instagram. But it takes away part of the identity thing or the reputation thing away from social media and kind of puts it second or like puts it behind on the back burner as opposed or uh, in comparison to uh, whatever you care about when you make this fake Instagram, whether it be your dog or, you know, I was thinking like I thought of this when you said people do it for their art. So that makes me think people aren't comfortable associating their art with their reputation or something like that. I know a few people have fake accounts or at least different accounts for like interacting with people politically on like Twitter or something like that because you know, they don't want their future employers seeing like that they get in stupid arguments with people on Twitter, you know. I think that is a big factor and that's one of the reasons why I had a Finstagram is because for my regular Instagram, like even my mom followed me, my mom's friends followed me. (laughs) So if I were to post, which I use my Finstagram more for just like funny pictures or like some weird thing that happened to me that I don't feel as comfortable sharing on this like more public social media platform of Mm -hmm. Instagram. Yeah. So I share it on the Finstagram, which honestly to me seems more real. It's kind of like a more honest representation of myself but I feel like I can't post it on my regular one because I have that reputation Mm -hmm. aspect that I need to uphold which is why I would defend Finstagram as something that could be good Um, I would uh, I would actually disagree with you Paul Um, and the sole concept that (laughs) the sole concept that um, like I don't think it's about associating with your reputation I think it's about building a theme so Instagram and Twitter are technically COCs, which is curating your original content. Um, and I think that the focus you want is going to be more on the theme of your Instagram or your Instagram than it is about, um, you know, glorification or, you know, making yourself a hero. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a great way to categorize and uh, give yourself a library of of photos, but I don't think it's necessarily because um, of your fear of connecting to your reputation. I think it's because the focus is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, in some cases, you know, you very well might be right that, you know, people don't want to associate their reputation with, uh, you know, possibly slanderous pictures or um, memes or something like that. Like when people change their name on Facebook to their first name, their first name and then their middle name. So if employers can't look them up, they, like, remove their last name. Yeah, so Facebook is, has become more of a profile media, which means that it's, like, LinkedIn is another profile media mm-hmm. um, in which it's more of a sense for people to get a sense of who you are on a day-to-day basis 
Um, and it's people actually draw, you know, real time um, assumptions about you based off of your Facebook and LinkedIn profiles. And it's, it's kind of sad. I've known people that did not get jobs um, because they had pictures on their, on their Facebook that were available to the public. Um, and it, it backfired. It, it blew up in their face. And um, because, you know, that is how the public perceives you. And if you're given a job, um, you then represent an organization. Mm-hmm. And for you to post, have pictures of yourself, you know, taking tequila shots upside down or, you know, lighting something on fire, like looking ridiculous, um, or more, or more dangerously doing something, uh, blatantly illegal, um, you know, drugs or, you know, any sort of, um, facetious activities like that, um, can really be damaging to your career. So that's what I was actually going to ask about next was, I mean, I guess it's almost a definitive yes but does it matter it it matters so i'm just going to say it matters like how you present yourself on social media Mm -hmm. there's really no way around it because i'm imagining in the if you're an an employer um and you're looking and we're applying for jobs uh, i'm going to look at the person who's applying for a job's facebook page if for no other reason than to be like okay just last check like they fit every other thing i'm just going to make sure they aren't an idiot on social media and you know, if I go and I don't, and I see that they don't have any social media, that makes me like suspicious mm-hmm. and it shouldn't because, you know, I don't I mean what we've been talking about, like is, uh, you know, I like, I think it can be a good thing to just delete all of your social media. Um, you might be a little bit cut off, but I think it could definitely work in your favor, but still, you know, I just become suspicious if someone like deleted their Facebook cause I'm thinking, Oh, like they probably had something, you know, that's not great there. Or do would you agree with that? Is like almost necessary to keep up your image on social media if for no other reason than, you know, when you're applying for a job or something like that? Yeah, it really has become almost a necessity uh, to develop um, actually multiple platforms. Uh, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, um, that is, you know, probably step one into developing, you know, yourself professionally. Uh, Facebook is more of an afterthought, but again, it's, it's fairly necessary and um, the modern world and I can tell you why it's because of this uh, idea of culture that has really strung up among um, the industries and different disciplines in general uh, so culture of course is you know the way people interact on a regular basis and how that reflects them as individuals and to uh, to attract the top talent these days you have to have people that um, or are culturally aligned to your company um, and and so I feel like Facebook and other social media profiles are kind of a, a first step for these companies to evaluate your culture and evaluate how you know you would interact um, with the company because they want you know to invest in their staff and then have that um, have that returned not only in a quantitative way but also in a qualitative way uh, giving you know, inspiring others and, and giving more uh, sense of organizational commitment um, to be, to build a better company. Yeah. And if you have a company that is going to base their judgment of you and your potential to be an employer based on your social media s- status and what you're posting, then 
I think that kind of adds to the whole reputation aspect. You have to keep that up. As someone who has applied for, I don't even know how many jobs in the past two months, probably around 60% asked for a LinkedIn, um, a LinkedIn whatever profile on the whatever, the job board or whatever. Even sometimes Facebook, sometimes there's a little bar where it wants me to put in my Facebook link. So I think, yeah, that's kind of a short note. But Yeah, also I can speak more to this because I've worked for uh, a company, Zaxby's. It's a local chicken uh, joint in the Georgia area and across the southeast. But one of my main responsibilities for them was, in fact, uh, dictating their social media presence online for these different companies, um, developing that platform, and then also um, connecting potential um potential members of the staff to their social media and then delivering that to HR. So I've seen this firsthand um, and how impactful it can be and what and how damaging it can be. Um, there have been people that have been fired because of, you know, slanderous political comments and stuff on their Facebook um, that basically disrupted the company culture at the individual franchise level. Um, and whether or not, you know, you think that's fair is, you know, completely up to, uh, your own opinion. But I don't, I don't, and I don't think that's fair. You shouldn't have to, um, be judged by your social media and your day-to-day interactions with your coworkers, but you are, and that's the reality of it. Um, and there have been at least two or three instances where, uh, where employees at a very, very frontline Zaxby's level um, were actually either terminated or uh, quit their jobs because the, comp- the culture of the store started to reflect poorly um, on, on its outlook and on, on how they wanted to behave in general. Do you have any tips for, based on your experience for people who may be listening? At least like, or, you know... I guess to start us off, do you have any tips? And I'll start you off with a question. Is it good to go back through your like Facebook profile and like delete a certain amount of pictures or something like that? And what do you, what would you set as like the bar? Like for, you know, you can post a picture of yourself at a bar, but you have to be 21 or something like that. Like how, how far do you have to go back? Yeah. So, um, so I'm sorry. What was your first question? So, like, like, what sort of things should people be watching out? Should people not people not be doing on social yeah, media? Yeah. So, really, that that is focused on really polarizing and isolating activities. Um, and it, and when I say that, I don't mean so much as as you know, oh, you go snowboarding and like you don't know a lot of people that go snowboarding. Um, I mean, like, basically identifying with uh, I don't know malicious or facetious groups. Um, making comments or posting pictures that, um, you know, kind of reflect you poorly. And I think some good tips for, um, the use of alcohol is, uh, you know, you can have a beer in your picture, but yes, you need, you need to be 21 or older. If you're under 21 with a picture of beer in your hand, um, employers can pick up on that. No upside down tequila shots. No upside down tequila shots. Um, and honestly, like you, sh- you should try to keep it all pretty neutral, um, because as far as I mean, like politically neutral. Politically, uh, I mean, you know, pretty much anything under the sun. 
Um, you don't want to really by polarizing yourself, you could be isolating yourself from your employer because of their personal preferences, mm-hmm. and whether or not that's fair, um, you know, is really another subject of, of debate. But people will make those assumptions, and um, it's even—I mean, it's gone as far as uh, affecting me personally, where um, I did—I didn't get a job, and I, I think it was mainly because of my association with uh, Greek life and my posts that related to that. Um, because some people have a very negative view of Greek life and how that plays in our modern society. I, I personally think there's it's constructive and there's great value to it. But um, I've, I've personally seen an interview take a 90-degree turn once we started talking about Greek life and um, how it's affected our world today. So I think, you know, keep trying to keep things neutral, trying to keep, make sure that, you know, you don't have anything that could potentially um, bite you or be brought up. I mean, I've, I haven't ever had social media uh, posts brought up, but I have had, um, like, topics that there's no other way they would have known, like, I was involved with um, unless they had searched my social media platforms and had gleaned that information. Um, for example... I'm on the water polo team and on a couple dance teams, and um, I don't normally have that listed on my resume or on most of my profiles. And for that to be brought up in a interview kind of shows that they have vetted my accounts. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's my two cents on that, Nick. Sounds like if you have to think twice about it, you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think if you like, I mean, that sounds like a pretty crappy story. Like, as far as the Greek life thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's sort of a judge someone based on their character, not by necessarily, you know, something like that. I mean, that's not like, that's an association, but it's not a polarizing association, really. Yeah. I don't know. We don't have to go into it too much, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, and like I said, none of the, social media, it's, it's not fair. Um, and it is mainly subliminal. And. Uh, that's why, you know, I, I urge and I stress that, you know, be careful about what you post because, um, I mean, for God's sakes, I know I will never be able to run for public office with, <laughs> with, some, <laughs> with some of the things I have uh, floating out there uh, about me. And, and it's kind of interesting to think that in a world where everybody has kind of insight into everybody else that, you know, we have the next president, um, you know, in our in our and our millennial age group that probably has sent and posted and, you know, made privy their, their personal lives. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how that will play out mm. in political dynamics in the future, because, you know, the, the people in office today, um, never really had that social profile, I guess, until, until Trump. And you can see how that's kind of, um, impacted his reputation in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's there's plenty more to talk about, but I think we hit a lot of the more, I guess, salient topics or aspects of the social media thing. Um, before we stop, should we do like some light items, or do you have anything else? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. Hmm. Eric, where are you going for spring break? Uh, yeah. So. My spring break break plans are really hectic right now. I uh, I will be flying, possibly to Denver and then oh. to Miami and then to Vancouver. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So we will see how that goes. Um, uh, we'll see how it goes on social media, right? Yeah. <laughs> Follow my story on social media. You'll see me wearing uh, ski pants in Miami because I don't think I'll be able to to bring um, all my stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Um, very excited. What about you, Nick? Uh, Paul and I are, are driving all the way up to the northeast corner of the United States. <laughs> Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Acadia National Park. Yeah. We're doing a we're doing a ringer in the in the van in the yeah. minivan this spring. Yeah, it's break, just a so. couple hours up from Athens, so it shouldn't be too bad. A couple <laughs> makes it sound like it's single digits. It's definitely not single digits. You all have some hot hot stops along the way. Yeah, we were gonna do DC. We'd ruled it out. We're gonna do New York City for a few days. It's Big mostly apple. a it's mostly a hiking adventure sort of. We're going to Acadia National Park in the White Mountains, New Hampshire. Maybe do some skiing. That's going to be what I'm lobbying for. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Is it just y'all two? No, we got seven total. Holy crap. Yeah. One van. One van, seven people. Oh, geez. Yeah. That'll be fun, though. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. Looking yeah. forward to it, for sure. And uh, I guess that's probably it for now. Um, yeah. Any concluding remarks or anything like that? I feel like you had some good concluding remarks uh, maybe like a resource or something if people want to learn more about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can honestly just Google, you know, the, the do's and don'ts of, of uh, social media and, you know, in the professional world and how to interact with that. Uh, but let me just say that, you know, as rewarding as it is to get a like or a comment on your posts or your picture, um, I feel like the value of human-to-human interaction shouldn't be lost and we should cherish that and I feel like it's it's sad that we are headed down the, a path of uh, of social isolation in that way I agree and also to conclude with some resources there is a good podcast it is the waking up podcast with Sam Harris and I don't know what episode it is but it's with Tristan Harris and it covers a lot of stuff like this so if you're interested in checking that out definitely do also, look up Tristan Harris on Medium. He's got a lot of good posts about this. And he used to work for Facebook. That's he his background. He was a design ethicist yeah. at Google, and he worked yeah. at Facebook. Yeah. Um, to conclude, I think I will take the Tristan Harris stance, which is that social media is a good thing, but you as, a, as an individual, as a user, have to use it correctly. And also, I think that social media sites can do things a little bit better in order to make people use it not only less but in a more valuable way i would agree with everything that you said so we talked about like sort of the professional uh aspect of it uh that's more of what eric was talking about and then uh also like the human interaction thing and then paul you talked about like the more i guess like personal growth i guess aspect of it but I think on an optimistic note, because I don't want to repeat what y'all said, uh, I think the like human interaction, that's like something that humans are kind of wired for. It's like when you look at someone's face, you can like tell what they mean just by like their eyebrow, like twitching a little bit or something like that, just because there's part of our brain that's, you know, you know, been there for thousands of years or millions of years um, that kind of like it's made for that. It's not necessarily made for typing out a comment on Facebook. So I think that will prevail in the end. I certainly hope it does. Um, but yes, on the, on the, some podcast notes, we have taken a radio silence, but we've just been building up 
genius ideas for podcasts in this time. Uh, this is only the beginning. We should have a few more out, uh, hopefully over spring break. I think that'll be doable. We'll be in the car for a long time, so uh, with seven people. So we'll do some podcasts there and uh, give you guys, our audience, something to listen to on your spring break drives. Uh, so thanks for listening and until yeah. next time and uh, thanks Nick thanks Paul for having me yeah. um, so I really do appreciate it but yeah thank you yeah, yeah. thank you for making the long trek over here to to, <laughs> to be our guest so mm-hmm. anytime alright well to, to conclude please check us out on social media sites like Facebook and Twitter <laughs> good plug thank you bye